everybody. Welcome back to another episode of That's the Truth Podcast. Thank you for spending some time with us here today. We want to be able to provide value for you, for your life. And our goal is to be able to get one step closer and become what God has called us to be one step at a time. So we want to be effective and we want to be able to make an impact in every area of our life. Thank you for stopping by, tuning in. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being part of the community. Thank you for subscribing. And if you've already shared the podcast on your social media, if you've already shared, you've already spread the word, thank you for that. That means so much to me. And it really helps extend the community and it helps it get it out in front of others that could benefit and be blessed by the content that we share. And uh, I've been blessed to really have amazing guests on the podcast. We've been blessed to have uh, tremendous people, tremendous thinkers, tremendous men and women of God, tremendous spiritual leaders that can build into our lives. And today is a special episode. Today's a special episode because uh, I had the opportunity this past weekend of spending some time with phenomenal, phenomenal leaders, and I had the privilege of sitting with them in a young adults panel where we were riddled with questions. We had tremendous conversation, and here I am today with the coordinator of the young adults, and this is part of the UPCI Spanish Ministries, Young Adults uh, Spanish Young Adults for the South Texas District. And here I am with Genesis Casales, recently took on the role, uh, bravely took on the role for uh, our hyphen young people. Genesis, again, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on taking the helm of the uh, Young Adults Department. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast once more. It's always an honor to be able to be here with the team. And um, this weekend, we shared such awesome moments, such a powerful move of God in both services. However, the panel, Real Talks, really just centered on being able to be real, to answer those burning questions that often as young adults, youth, as people in general, we have, and we don't often get the opportunity to answer and so, and answered in a godly way, answered in a perspective that both provides the practical, the spiritual, and the applicable to our lives. And so that was really what was focused here in this conversation. And I'm so excited to to open this up to, to your audience and to everybody who's listening. Yeah, the questions were phenomenal. The the guests were 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 extremely, extremely profound in the content that they provided. And I think that there was there was so much more to expand on, but we were limited on time. So what can our guests really um, expect really from the conversation that we're going to present to them? And, and I want to thank uh, the leaders of, uh, of the South Texas district for allowing us to be able to provide this content on the podcast. And I think that is going to bless a lot of young people. So what can they expect as they play back on it? If they missed it, they weren't able to attend. Absolutely. So in case you missed it, we had five incredible panelists from all walks of life. We had the host of this this podcast, Pastor Jay Gallegos, and the backbone also, Sister Debbie Gallegos, who is always a support, but also provided such wisdom to um, our guest and to you guys. That's something that you will be able to to have and to see. Um, in this in this session, we also had Sister Mitzi Monday, who is my hyphen leader at our local church, among many other things that she does. And she is a phenomenal woman of God who has 
done hyphen ministries for over 30 years. And so her background, her experience, the wisdom that she brings to this conversation is so profound. We also had Sister Becky Lopez from Austin, Texas, and she is a wonderful, wonderful um, example of what it is to be able to navigate your passions and your career. And I feel like she provided such an awesome perspective um, to our young adults. We also had Professor Ron Smith um, from the University of Tech of Houston at Victoria. He teaches sociology to young adults, and he's currently getting his doctorate in criminal justice. And so we had a wide array, a wide array of perspectives, of experiences, of wisdom. And I think overall, there's so many awesome nuggets of gold in this session. And if there's something that you you take away from it is really the themes that permeated throughout every every preaching, every answer is just consistency. There's no consistency. There can't be intimacy with God. And I think that was something that really did make an impact in the way we see things, the way we analyze things, the way we do church, the way we do ministry, the way we live as young adults, as Christians in every avenue of our lives. And not only that, our, our question centered around an important topic nowadays, which is remaining undistracted in our purpose, being open to the idea that we have multiple purposes in this earth. We have multiple purposes as children of God, and we can't always limit ourselves to what we see the final destination being, embracing that that pain that sometimes, that struggle that sometimes we go through but when getting to that final destination with something that was shared. And I've really, really appreciated. And um, Sister Debbie laid it down with um, talking about spiritual disciplines. And oftentimes as young adults, we get busy with so many things. Like we get busy with school, with work, navigating families, navigating jobs, navigating so many things, church, ministry, things that take our attention, friends, and a lot of different things. But Sister Debbie really did touch upon being intentional with our relationship with God, with the way that we handle our daily devotions, with the way that we take time to build our relationships um, with one another and the importance she placed on um, just being able to carry that through generations. I think is something that we sometimes don't think about as young adults, but we're, we're important in carrying out this message to to the generations to follow. So those are some of the things, but I think we also were able to build on, reflect on our hearts, reflect on our our own situation, our own um, our own like the things that we're going through. And so that's something that I think being able to just sit and absorb all the wisdom, all those nuggets of gold, like I said, all the, the advice, all the um the experiences that were shared with one another, I think was something that I hope transmits the intentionality behind each and every single one of the questions. Um, because each question was curated specifically by questions that people have asked me, by questions that I've had that I felt like I didn't know who could answer or questions that young adults in our time helping Sister Mitzi in the young adults department in our local church, people have come to us about. So we really hope that that intentionality behind the way we phrased every question, the way the people who we chose to sit on this panel, panel is reflected um, in this conversation. And um, I'm very excited for for people to be able to just come in and, and be a part of something that was so, so awesome. And I really enjoyed 
being able to, to navigate that. Yeah, it was truly an honor and a privilege to be able to participate in that. I was honored to be able to be invited to sit along with so many great minds, leaders, uh, thinkers, spiritual leaders, uh, Brother Ron, uh, Sister Becky, Sister Mitzi, um, my wife, and everybody provided something so, so valuable. And I think they'll be able to pull something from, from everyone. And I think that they'll be able to also realize and to pick apart on how or notice rather how there is a theme that connects all of the conversations and all of the topics, even though they're very, very wide and very different, they'll be able to pinpoint exactly how they can all relate together. There was a theme that just kind of naturally organically came about. And one of those that brother Ron and sister Becky really hit on, um, was how the spiritual is not really separated from the secular you can be a walking testimony in your job, in your profession, and you can still walk out um, what you're living, what you believe in, and be a living testimony and how your actions can really radiate the presence of God and how uh, your actions and how you live and how you carry yourself radiate out the love of God for others and really represent in how you take action and live out the word rather than just simply talk about it all the time. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's a, that was something that I think we often take for granted that we, or we sometimes not take for granted, but more like separate. We tend to live in, in very isolated spaces and don't know how to integrate our everyday life. And I think that sometimes puts the pressure on young adults to be able to, to, to stay in, in that circle and doesn't allow us to really fulfill our purpose in being able to to, to be children of God in this world. We're not of this world, but we're living in it. And so because we live in it, our purpose is to reach out to others, to love others. But it's important for us to be able to integrate that in every part. I think Sister Becky talked about how when she when he, she has a child, that she's very intentional about praying with that uh uh, like for that child and and she's a teacher she's a awesome teacher and so I think just being able to carry that even though she can't do it vocally all the time but you you make that impact everywhere you go and kids love her she they're like I like uh she shared a testimony about how um the mom there's a mom that shared that her kid didn't like going to school until she went to her class and I don't think that that was something that was just coincidental. I think it was very intentional behind who she is and her relationship with God and being able to integrate God into that every purpose. Brother Braun also shared about how there was a, a woman, how um, he's kind of like an outcast because um, he, he's a conservative man in a very liberal, he's a professor, professors, he, he provided a, um, in the podcast, he provided a percentage of the majority of professors are identified as liberals. So he's in that minority group, but he's able to carry that through every, every lesson he does, every interaction he does, whether he's out with people, whether he's in class, like that's, that's something that's reflected in every part of him. We, we're, we're Christians through and through. We're Christians, whether we're in church, out of church, it's, it's, it's really something that I think is is something that we we tend to isolate and separate but it's something that needs to needs to really integrate and merge together yeah the the conversations were phenomenal and i'm excited to finally share it with them to be able to be a part of it i took a posture of learning from them as well i'm going to go back and take some notes myself and 
some of the content and things that they shared, ideas and philosophies and uh, scriptures and just beliefs that they shared were extremely profound. And I think it's going to bless everybody. It was a blessing to me. And it's a blessing to be able to share it in this platform along with everyone else. And then they can share it to where it can bless others as well. So I'm excited to share it with them. And um, I, I hope that they bring their pen pad. I hope that they bring the notepad or however you call it nowadays, mm -hmm. your note, notepad on your phone or your tablet. Uh, take some notes, go back and listen to it. You might want to play it on one speed. What do you think? I think so. One speed. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think they'll be able to pull value from that. And uh, listen in. I'm excited to share with them. So you ready for it? Yeah. Welcome to Real Talks. All right, let's do it. Oh, and by the way, just so it doesn't catch you by surprise, it is a bilingual conversation. So let's get to it. Good morning. We're up. It's early. It's temprano. Pero queríamos juntarnos hoy y tener unas conversaciones con gente que tiene mucha sabiduría, mucha experiencia, mucho, mucha, mucho conocimiento sobre diferentes temas. Y las preguntas que vamos a hacer hoy van a ser um, un poco profundas y um, vamos a a tratar de hacerlo lo mejor posible en inglés y español. Pero antes de comenzar, before we start, um, Brother Ron, if we could just go around individually, si podemos ir individualmente a cada uno de ustedes y introducirlos a, al público, um, if we could introduce yourself to the public, your education, your background, your ministry. Some of y'all do so many things. So if y'all could just give a brief introduction, that'd be great. So Brother Ron. Or brother, yeah, brother Ron, if you could kick us off, that'd right. be great. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me this morning. Uh, I'm brother Ron, Ron Smith. Uh, I've been in church all my life. I grew up Pentecostal. All right, uh, I just fairly recently started coming to a Spanish church about 16 years ago. But professionally, I'm a college professor. I teach sociology. Got a master's degree in sociology, undergrad, a bachelor's degree. Right now, I'm working on my doctor degree in criminal justice, trying to finish that up. Um, but ministry, that's the secular aspect. Now in terms of church, uh, you know, play drums a little bit, be in the music department, help out with that, uh, teach, you know, I'm, I'm more of a teacher. I look at myself more as a teacher than a preacher, the fivefold ministry, obviously, but, um, whatever the, you know, clean, whatever it is that I need to do in the church, if the pastor asks me to do, that's what I'm doing. Whatever Sam asks me to do, that's what I'm doing. That's my mindset, right? So I have those two dualities, if you will, in terms of the secular aspect and the church aspect. But whatever I do, I want to do it in the name of the Lord and do it the best of my ability, right? Sister Becky? Um, I'm Sister Becky. I'm from Austin, Texas. I am a Houston native, though. I was born here. I love it. I do. <laughs> um, I am uh, I'm a pastor's kid, currently, of my dad. I did grow up with my dad being a minister. Um, pretty much my entire life. So I've been involved in so many ways in, in church. Um, PKs, that's pretty much our life. You you find ways to get involved. Um, even like the brother was saying, even cleaning. I remember vacuuming the church with this old school vacuum cleaner, like those metal with the bags. I used to love doing that. I, I'm a little OCD, so like the lines had to be perfect. And I, I love that. And then eventually um, helping out in Sunday school, and um, and currently I am a, a part of our lead, a youth leadership in our in our church, and um, also music um, music director along with my brother. Um, uh, if you guys know my brother, brother Rolo, 
um, he stands for Robert Lopez, um, district youth leader in uh, South Central. Um, and I, I'd love to be involved in, in many ways and however I can in church. Um, now in my secular aspect, I am a teacher. Um, I've been teaching for 14 years. Well, this is my 14th year and I enjoy it. It's been, it's been such a blessing. Currently, I'm outside of the classroom. I'm a math interventionist, so if you ever struggled with math and you had a special teacher taking you out, <laughs> no shame in that. that you know, that, that's me, that, I'm that teacher now. And, um, and it's, God's just been opening doors and I love it, so that's just a little bit about me. Praise the Lord, thank you, Sister Becky. Sister Mitzi. Um, my name is Mitzi Monday, and um, outside of church, the way I earn my living, um, I'm a marketing uh, manager and have been doing that for many, many years. Um, and that's how I make, that's how I pay the bills. Uh, where my heart is, is in the church. Um, was privileged to be raised in church since I was 18 months old. And always saw my parents serve in, in many, many areas of ministry. And one of their main areas that they dealt with was new converts, uh, Bible studies. My mom was always involved in hospitality and the greeting staff. And so I learned a lot at their feet um, about loving people and what really the heart of ministry is, is people, is, is those souls that we're trying to, to shine a light on. Um, and currently, um, I, I work for many, many years, have dealt and worked in music ministry and um, have worked in Hyphen for many years. And if I say there is a passion, I, I love Hyphen and Enlace Ministries. Um, when I first had a heart for this, there was no hyphen ministry in the UPC in, in anywhere. Um, you were either in the youth group, and when you graduated, you were a single. And so you either went to youth camp or you went to singles conference. And the singles conference was had, there was one plan. Go there, find that good-looking young man or young lady, and get hitched. You know, there, there was no... Um, there was no middle ground there to give young people that feeling that they had a space to find themselves and to figure out what their foundations were, whether I was going to do education, prepare myself for ministry, or all of the above. So very excited to be here with you today and, and lead our local group in LT and TDV um, hyphen and just any area of ministry where I'm needed. Thank you so much, Sister Mitzi. And like she said, she is our local at this church, in esta iglesia, ella es nuestra líder de Hyphen. Y so, bajo su ministerio, hemos podido crecer, hemos podido estar aquí. Um, y debo mucho a ella y a Dios por su impacto en mi vida personal. Hermana uh, Debbie, por favor, puede, puede introducirse usted a nosotros. Praise the Lord. My name is uh, Debbie Gallegos. I am a member at Brother Arturo Jimenez's church in the Southwest. And I am fourth generation apostolic Pentecostal. So I've seen my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother. And these women were just an example of serving. And these are the women that, that served the pastors. And so my great grandmother was the one that hosted the pastors in her home that had the prayer services, the all night prayer services in her home. And so I've seen that all my life. So I don't know life outside of that, of outside of serving. And so I have been in this, like I said, my whole life. I have, um, outside of church, I work from home for a billing company, for billing for medical field, in the medical field. And so I also own my small business. 
and I'm a mom of two boys, and that right there is my full-time job. They are my world, and I'm always learning through them, and I think the most learning I've done is being their mom. But outside of that, and also being my husband's wife, <laughs> but um, outside of that, um, at the church, I started at 16 years old teaching kids church, and from there, that's evolved into teaching a different areas. So I love the area of teaching. I went to college for teaching, and I was working in that. And when I started working in the secular field as a teacher, I realized that that's not where my heart was. And so I, I realized that I love teaching, but I love teaching kids about Jesus. And I love teaching about God, and that's where my heart really was. So that's when I made the change to just teach about Jesus. And so I've taught in the kids' church department at my church. I'm working with the preteens right now. We have 10, young, 10 preteens that we've been working with. Uh, half of them are baptized and half of them we're working to get to that point. But it's been amazing to start to instill principles in young people at a preteen age that sometimes even at a hyphen age we haven't yet attained. And so it is incredible. And I always tell my young people, if you can take hold of these keys, and you can start working with these things. When you get to an age where you're in your career and you're starting to decide about marriage and when you're trying to get into a different um, level with God, it's going to be easier for you. You're going to be con connected to God in a whole different way. And so that's where my passion is. I help out in any area that needs teaching in our church, kids' church, preteens, the young people. We've even worked with the, um, the new converts and the um, discipleship. Uh, but that's what I love to do. And God bless you. Thank you for having us be part of this. Thank you, Sister Debbie. I think you, you placed so many good nuggets of, of gold right there in your, your introduction and being able to serve, but also being able to distinguish what my ministry is, what my purpose is. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about in a second. But Pastor Jay, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm J.J. Gallegos. Um, First of all, I want to say thank you for having us here today. It's, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor to be uh, alongside so many bright minds and people that have experience in the ministry. And I'm excited to learn alongside with them to see what they have to say, not only pouring out into all of you all, but uh, I'm learning from them as well. And uh, so I take a posture today as also learning from them. So um, first of all, uh, I work... Um, my secular job, I work, I've worked for 10 years now um, in an oil and gas company. And, um, but I started in ministry very, very early. I remember my grandmother taking me and walking me to church in California, walking me to church, uh, prayer service. I'd go to prayer service. I'd be right there alongside with her. And then, uh, so now that kind of progressed into third generation, uh, Pentecostal, apostolic. And um, in my teenage years, uh, I remember uh, going from work and I, I worked very, very far from uh, from home, it was at least an hour and a half, and uh, instead of going home, I I chose to not not that I had to, but I chose to go to the church instead and on the service day, and make sure that everything was in line, uh, make sure that the, the the pews were in their place, and the the, the music was uh, the musicians the the instruments were tuned up and ready to go, and everything was clean. And so serving in the church was a big part of, uh, of my life early on. And not because anybody told me, it's because I chose to do that. And in, and in church, I found family, I found friends, I found uh, a, a lot of great things, a lot of great pillars and people that spoke into my life that led me to be here now. So before I ever even touched the pulpit, I was already cleaning the pews. And um, yeah, so big serving, serving people, uh, 
being available to to the call of God, uh, that's what obviously has led me here. So that's where I'm at now. And here currently we're working uh, under Pastor Arturo Jimenez uh, as assistant pastors uh, by the grace and mercy of God. So we're here now. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Pastor Jay. We're, we're grateful to have each and every one of you. Estamos muy agradecidos de tener cada uno de nosotros. Y sin um, seguir más tiempo, vamos a brincar a las preguntas. Let's jump straight into the question. So our first question is for Sister Mitzi. I'm going to read it in Spanish, Mitz, and then we're going to read it in English and move forward. So, um, hermana Mitzi, a menudo los uh, jóvenes adultos luchan por descubrir su propósito en una era de distracción en una uh, cultura que nos sigue llamando nuestra atención. So, ¿qué, ¿Qué es su sugerencia a los jóvenes adultos cuando se trata de permanecer sin distracciones mientras perseguimos nuestro propósito? So, often young adults struggle to figure out their purpose in the age of distraction and attention-grabbing culture. What would you suggest to a young adult when it comes to remaining undistracted while pursuing their purpose? Um, I want to look at this. First of all, I want to set, set the groundwork for this because this is a loaded one, okay? Um, and last say hyphen young people are at a point in your life where what you do, the people you, you hang with, that you connect yourself to is very tied up in, in how you see yourself, what your identity is in Christ, in the world, in the community that you serve or that you live in. And so it, it can be very touchy, and there's a lot of confusion sometimes around purpose um, and calling. And I, this may be a little bit different direction, but I really, really felt this when Genesis gave this one to me. Um, my first piece of advice is that I think you have to come to the realization that throughout your Christian service that God will use you to serve more than one purpose. He will use you to serve more than one thing. And... Um, Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, okay? And so it, it doesn't mean that those collective opportunities will not lead to a moment, okay? That, that doesn't change. When God gives you a gifting, I think we have accountability and responsibility for those giftings. If I'm good at something, who can teach me more? Where can I take a class on that? How can I better my music ability? Who can I take lessons from? So it's not that we don't work on our giftings because that's important, but we can't, um, I, I think a myth that happens, and, and I grew up in, in a very different age than you, and I think sometimes it still happens that we have given platform ministry the holy grail, and it is only a portion of what is required to win and disciple and teach souls. And so if we make that the holy grail, then we become very singular um, in our purpose. And so it's almost like I'm in this hot pursuit of this end game where this is what I was meant to be. And so when we do that, everything in our life becomes a pass-fail, right? If I only have one goal in mind, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be in music ministry. I know I'm supposed to do this. Well, then, if I'm supposed to be in music ministry, and I know that's how God's going to use me, and he's going to raise me to great heights in that, when Sister Vicky doesn't choose me for the team, when I'm not given the solo, when I'm not invited to the conference, then that becomes this pass-fail. 
And so rather than preparing myself for greater ministry, I am like positioning myself for this singular purpose. And it's going to let you down. It's going to disappoint you because there's a process that we go through. Um, you know, if you look at the life of David, um, David was destined to be king. God had chosen him for king. He had anointed him as king. But before that, he was a shepherd on the backside of a mountain who courageously watched his dad's sheep. He was a psalmist. He was a loyal friend to Jonathan. He was a warrior. Okay, he was a, he was a warrior before he was a king. And had he not been willing to serve those many purposes, he would have never made it to the throne. And all of those things were preparing him. You know, that, that lion experience, that fight with the bear experience, God dealt with fear in David's life early on so that he was ready to face that giant. Um, his friendship with Jonathan, be careful who you connect yourself to. Your friendships, his friendship with Jonathan was a covenant relationship. The Bible records that. And that covenant relationship protected him from Saul. Like Jonathan was his go-between with Saul. But had David felt like it's the king, it's, it's the throne. But the, you know, the Bible shows that, that David had the heart of God and that he was kingdom-minded, not that he was perfect, not that he didn't make mistakes. And the second one, um, and, it, and it ties in closely with this, is don't let the destination become more important than the process. Um, the process to accomplishing what God has for you requires some, reflex, some flexibility. And you have to be open to holy detours that might change that direction. Um, you know, if finally arriving becomes the focus, then you miss what is right in front of you. Um, you know, God is giving you something and saying, hey, I have something that I know you can do that I need to happen in my kingdom. But if, if I'm trying to arrive at a certain destination, then I, I'm looking around that opportunity and saying, okay, wait, hold on. That, and we see that as a distraction when really our destination focus is, is our distraction and not allowing God to guide that process. If you look at Joseph, God had revealed to him in a dream that he was going to in some way lead his family. He didn't know what that was. In his dream, it was, you know, sheaves of wheat bowing to his sheaf of wheat. Um, it was, you know, the stars, you know, bowing to him. He didn't know how he would at some point lead his family or they would be in obeisance to him. And then all of a sudden, his own family sells him into slavery. And so if, in Joseph's life, had he not remained faithful to God and who God had called him to be and showed himself to be a man of integrity at every point of his journey, then God could not have positioned him to be in the court of Pharaoh to save his people, to save the nation of Israel um, from extinction and so sometimes, you know, we think, well, God has called me to do this, but pastor wants me to go teach the five-year-olds. And so we can kind of get like a little attitude like, well, I, I'm not called to kids ministry. Why are they putting me back in a corner? Have they heard me sing? Have they heard me give a devotion in youth? And, and God wants me in, back in the kindergarten room? 
but those are preparing grounds for where God ultimately needs you to be. And I'm going to end with this. Um, I think Paul understood setbacks and detours more than anyone. And there were so many detours in his journey. And each in each of them, he was able to see Christ's purpose. And in Philippians 1 and 6, he said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ. He saw setbacks again and again. You see it in Paul's writings to the church that he, he didn't care if he was shipwrecked, beaten, put in jail. He's like, God will have purpose wherever he puts me. And you imagine if Paul had pouted because he and Silas found himself in jail and beaten and in stocks. And he'd said, really, God, I, I was supposed to play in another church. We were supposed to catch that boat tomorrow to Cyprus. We were supposed to be there. And if he had done that instead of saying, Silas, why don't we sing a song? Paul was the last person, let me tell you, that was called to music ministry. But that day, Paul was the song leader in that jail. And because he led that song that day, the jailer's life was saved. And the Bible doesn't tell us any more about that jailer. But can we just, like, get, get creative a minute and imagine maybe he started the first jail ministry? Maybe his family and many generations were one to God. We don't know that because the Bible doesn't give us the rest of the story. Don't get distracted. Follow that journey with God and let God guide you to your purpose. Thank you so much, Sister Mitchell. Muchas gracias, hermana Metsi. Ella dio muchos, um, mucha sabiduría en esa respuesta. Habló acerca de abrir nuestro entendimiento, hacer... Um, tener la idea que tenemos varios propósitos por qué llenar, no nomás un solo propósito y no nomás debemos de enfocarnos en ese destino final, tenemos que en, um, embrace, tenemos que uh, apreciar el proceso en que nos vamos a llevar en ese, en, en ese um, camino. So thank you so much, Sister Mitzi, for that. Sister Becky, we're going to shift a little bit and talk about careers. Vamos a hablar acerca de nuestras carreras y elegir una carrera a esta edad a veces es muy difícil. Yo sé que yo iba a ser una abogada, estaba yo para completar ese, pero Dios dijo no, vamos a ser consejera y esa es la carrera en que Dios me puso en mi vida y no podría yo escoger otra carrera mejor para mí misma. So, a veces es difícil poder hacer esa, esa, esa um, decisión y so, a veces hay, parece que hay una infinita número de, de oportunidades a la mano. ¿Podría usted darnos, habló que es una maestra, ¿podría usted hablarnos acerca de su experiencia en navegar las opciones profesionales y permanecer fiel a lo que le apasiona a usted? Bueno, como les dije, ya tengo 14 años de maestra, y you know, I've been 14 years as a teacher, pero inicialmente... Um, My career choice was graphic design. Yo quería ir al diseño gráfico porque lo estaba haciendo en iglesia. Um, creo que la hermana puso una buena fundación. The sister placed a very foundation. I'm like, you're, you're speaking my testimony. Um, porque eh, todo eso era de lo que yo estaba haciendo en iglesia. My career choices came from what I was already doing in church. Um, diseño gráfico, in, back in my day, in the church organization that I was in, 
I was doing a lot of graphic designings for youth camps, what my brother Rolo does now. I was doing that back then. Estaba haciendo de todo uh, graphic designings for, for the district. Um, and so, yo miré eso como, esto, esto es lo que el Señor quiere que yo haga. Pero desde muy temprana edad, yo me imaginaba ser maestra. But as I was growing, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be a teacher, but that's gonna be my retirement. That's retirement age. I'm, I'm gonna experience graphic designing. It's cool. It's amazing. It's fun. Two years into it, empecé al, en el colegio. No sentía esa pasión como lo sentía para enseñar. Um, and y, y lo peleé y lo peleé. And once I said, okay, God, if you want me to go into teaching, it's not my timing, but it looks like that's what you want. I switched my major, and after that, everything went smooth. I was in college for about three years for graphic designing, taking a class here and there, but never really passionate about it as I was when it went to teaching. Once I went to teaching, I graduated within, um, within two years. I was able to crunch what was like three years in, into two years. Um, but that's because the Lord made a way, because I decided to follow God's voice. And um, many times... We tend to be stubborn. Honestamente, la razón que, que I was kind of putting teaching on a pause because of the pay. Estaba poniendo el, 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 el ser maestra por el pago. Porque no, no es algo tan grande que quizás un diseño gráfico va a ser. It's, 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 it, it is a struggle sometimes. But I've seen firsthand how God provides at every step of the way. Yeah, the pay isn't great, but hey. I, I, I was able to purchase my home seven years ago on a solo salary. If you guys know how much, how difficult that is, it is difficult, but that's the Lord. That's yeah. the Lord provides yeah. and he puts every step. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at two years ago, I was able to pay off my car and there's still bills and all that stuff. Pero el Señor, el pone, he puts, he makes a way. And that's, that's something that I advise a lot of my young people. I say, trust in the Lord. Put your career desires in God's hands. And if he says no, don't be upset. If that college you were hoping to go into because you wanted to go into that and God says no, don't be upset. Trust in the Lord and say, God, I don't know, but you know. Um, I've seen, también he visto del, del otro lado. I've also seen the other, uh, the other side where I've seen young people make the wrong career choice without consulting God, without consulting their pastor, without consulting their parents. Because they just wanted, they were going through the emotion. And sadly, you know, they, they come back to church and the shame of, of, of failure sadly took, took them out of the church. Instead of saying, you know what, okay, I failed. That's fine. I'm going to try something else. And, and that's why it's so important to kind of see what, what you're doing in church will also help set what you want, what we're going to do in the, in the secular realm. And I really, I, I really don't like saying secular career because it is part of who I am as a Christian. I represent Christ in my, in my career in so many ways. Um, a veces vemos, you know, elementary teachers, you know, it's just kids. But those kids come into that classroom with so much background. And um, one experience that I had with uh, one of the students, um, he came from a different country. And um, he was just standing um, I was just working, doing something with the kids. He comes, and he just randomly says, I witnessed my mom get killed. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And, and, but he just said it as anything because that was a norm to him, being seen violence in, in the country where he was at. 
And at that moment, I'm like, well, I can't, you know, okay, get on your knees. I'm going to pray for you. But I know that I have, a, I have the spirit of the Lord in me that I could just place my hand and, hey, it's going to be okay. And, and, and I would hear parents just give, say, tell me, Ms. Lopez, I don't know what it is, but my kids have struggled through so many, through, through um, school. But once they got to your class, they love coming to school. They love, and that to me, I don't say, oh, it's because I'm the best teacher. I know, I know that it's not me. I know that it's the Lord. And every day I'm commending myself to the Lord and saying, God, take a hold of me. Si hay oportunidad for me to share your word, allow me to do so. If there's any, if, if there's any opportunity, and y'all, I have witnessed to parents at Walmart <laughs> where they see me and I'm like, you know, they, they start just sharing their lives and, 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 and just telling me, sister, I mean, sorry, Ms. Lopez, I noticed you because of your long hair. And when I'm at, in public places, I'm like, they're like, we knew that was you. And they'll just start sharing their, their, um, their story. And that's all because, and I go, I'm going back to, that's all because I chose to follow God's path. Again, my dream wasn't to be, um, to be a teacher now. I was thinking maybe later on. And, and God said, no, I, I, have, I have this opportunity for you. I want you to take this. Has it been easy? No. Has it, has it been difficult, especially with the way education is changing? Thankfully, we, we live in the state of Texas where a lot of things are still, you know, out of, yeah. out of, um, you know, out of question. But I've talked to other teachers and other, other Christians that are teaching in, in, in other states, and they're like, I don't know how you guys do it, but here, if so, Sally comes in and he wants to be Joe, then we have to treat him as Joe. And if tomorrow they want to come in and be treated as, as um, Rebecca, then we have to talk to them as Rebecca. And, it, and they're like, I, I just don't know. And I see the struggle. But that's why I love being in public education, because that is where God has called me to be the light. Yes. Oh es donde el yes. Señor nos ha llamado a ser la luz. Amen. Amen. Por eso, I know the money seems great. I know, yo sé que el dinero se mira bonito, pero when you're not passionate about what you're doing and you don't feel God's calling, you're going to struggle. And yeah, you're going to get the money, but when we're in disobedience, you're going to struggle. Even if you're making the money, even you're, you're going to find yourself unhappy because... You're like, hey, I'm driving the car, I'm driving the house, I'm sorry, I have the house, not, but, but I'm not happy. And it it's all has to do with obedience. And I'm, trust me, every time I walk into my home, I'm always so grateful. Thank you, God, because I know that that couldn't have been done without him. So. Yes, amen. Muchas gracias, hermana Becky, por proveer su testimonio y también por por animarnos a seguir la voz de Dios, a seguir la voz de Dios y involucrar nuestras pasiones, no nomás necesariamente nuestros sueños, pero poner esos sueños, ese propósito en las manos de Dios, porque Él va a proveer el camino, Él va a abrir las puertas que son necesarias cuando confiamos y ponemos nuestra confianza completa confianza en Dios. So, muchas gracias, muchas gracias por, por um, compartir con nosotros. Hermana Debbie, yo sé que usted a menudo um, hablamos, usted y yo mucho de las disciplinas espirituales. We talk a lot about spiritual disciplines. Y a menudo son algo que, que 
se hace referencia, we reference to them a lot, Nuestro, um, de, nuestros devocionales diarios, nuestra oración, um, involucrar eso en nuestra vida diaria, pero a veces como jóvenes adultos no tenemos el tiempo o se hace, se mira que no tenemos el tiempo para poder hacer o no sabemos cómo comenzar. So, ¿Qué daría usted como consejo a un joven adulto que a lo mejor quiere comenzar, quiere leer su Biblia más, quiere dar esos pasos a ser más consistente en su vida espiritual o, o, o poner eso en práctica pero no sabe dónde, no sabe cómo comenzar? ¿Qué consejo le daría a usted? God bless you guys again. Um, so the one thing that I, <coughs> that I want you to remember is that inconsistency kills intimacy. And so if you can remember that in your heart, that is key. And if we're going to be a generation that is going to be consistent and you want to see the move of God and you want to see revival, it is impossible to see those things if we're inconsistent with him. And so intimacy requires, uh, intimacy requires a consistent life. If you have a family and you lock, I know everybody has their mom and dad, their family. If you lock yourself up in a room and don't talk to them for a whole week, Or your, wife, your, or your girlfriend or fiance, you don't speak to them for a whole week, that starts to cause this, this strain. It starts to cause this, you know, you start to drift away. And so it's important to remember that in your heart. I think um, one of the things that I remember struggling with was finding the time. And, I, it's, and every time is a good time. And in my perfectionist way, I want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, have that whole hour of prayer, you know, do the reading of the Bible. I want to do the perfect thing because in my, in my mind, that's what God deserves. And so when I would fail at that and I didn't wake up at five o'clock in the morning because I stayed up with the sick child all night or because I stayed up studying or because whatever the situation was, we had a long service and I just didn't make it up at five o'clock. I know you guys can do that. I unfortunately am terrible at that. I want those extra 20 minutes of sleep. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. So I started to set myself up for the next day. And my husband and me are very different because he likes to get the morning going early and get those stuff done in the morning. And for me, it's I prepare at night for the next day. And so that's something that helps me get a better hold of my day the next day is if I prepare the night before. So the night before, I set up my water bottle at my nightstand. I set up my Bible and my favorite highlighters, my sticky notes. I set up my phone, my AirPods. Everything is at my nightstand. So when I do open my eyes, hey, that's the first thing I get. You know, it's already there. If I'm not, if I wake up running, I grab those things and I put it at my dinner table because that's my favorite place to study. But I have a puppy now and he does not understand that that's my time. And so now it's like I have the, all these distractions and staying undistracted is really, is really hard, especially when you get to a different stage in your life and you have all this chaos around you. And so I keep moving my Bible to where it carries around. And sometimes my husband gets home and the Bible's at my desk, the Bible's at, at my dinner table, the Bible's on my counter while I'm doing something, I'm reading or I'm hearing the word of God. And I've had young people come and sit with us at our dinner table, and we're, we always call it the round table, but they come and they hang out with us, and we're having coffee, we're talking, and that's something that comes up a lot because they'll see, you know, my Bibles or my stuff right there at my dinner table, and it stays there. It's permanently there because any time that I get a chance to sit down, I rather read my Bible, and I'm trying to teach my heart. It's not that I rather because this flesh rather be on my phone. 
this flesh rather be what so-and-so is up to? What are they selling on and she and what's going on? You know, what those are the things that my heart wants to do and our flesh wants to do. We want to catch up with the latest stuff, you know, the latest technology, you know, and it's it's impossible to get to a point where we're perfect and we're never going to be perfect. And the way that we do that is by staying consistent and by consistency, we prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves for the next moment. And I've gotten to the point where I put my Bible on top of my phone because before I grab my phone, I grab my Bible. You know, before I touch, you know, before I, I open up Instagram, I open up my Bible app. Hey, read one scripture before you do that. And it's gotten to my heart. It's imprinted into my heart the way that I'm, I, I'd rather leave the dishes in the sink than not read the Bible for that day. And so if I haven't gotten to that, even my boys, they'll kind of like, they notice that I'm, I have my headphones in and that I'm reading my Bible and there can be chaos, dog barking in the background. Everything is because, you know, you want to ideally look for that secret place. But unfortunately, sometimes in our homes, you don't have space for that. And so it doesn't exist. And if you're in college and you're at a coffee shop, it doesn't exist. You know, you're studying. I've been there and I understand that. And you know, I, I grew up in a, in a small home with, with, my, with my sisters and my brothers. They're already married, but I had nephews that would just run in the house. And there was no privacy in my house when I was going to college, when I was studying. And so I remember it's, it was difficult to do that as a hyphen or a young person to find that place, especially when you want to do other things, when you want to be, you know, doing other things. But I, I, <clears throat> now that's one of the things where I've, I've just made it a point to remind myself, hey, if you haven't sat with God, how can you serve your husband? How can you serve your kids? How can you serve your church? If you haven't sat with God in two weeks, how can you work at the altar? How can you do all these things? How am I going to teach my kids? You know, and being a kids church, uh, being working with the kids and being in Sunday school and teaching, I have, my heart has to be prepared for any given moment. Any teacher cannot show, and I have to have something. And my kids are always like, mom, you're so... My, my son, Ethan, he's 11 years old, and he surprises me so much. But I've learned because of him. And he says, Mom, I asked you one question about John the Baptist. You didn't have to do a whole Bible study. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but you know what, Ethan? I said, one day you're probably going to need that. You're, you should put that in your pocket because one day you're going to need it. And it's funny because I'm very long-winded when it comes to any biblical information with them. And they end up, I get word back from their kids' church teachers, like, we can't, we can't, like, minimize it with Ethan and Ollie, because, like, they taught the lesson, because they knew what was going on. They break it down for the kids in their level, and that, that motivates me. So, finding a group of people that is gonna keep you consistent is really important. I know Genesis and Jacob and some of the young people, my nephews, they kind of come around the house, and, you know, at a conversation, we had a conversation where, it's like, we've never really read from Genesis to Revelations. And it's actually a percentage, I forgot what percentage it was, but it was a very small amount of people. It's like under the two digits percentage um, of people in the church that have actually read from Genesis to Revelations completely, much less done it twice. So when I read that, it gave me like this jealousy because I'm like, there is kids in the society that have read through, if you look back, I think the uh, New King James Version is considered a middle school grade level book, the whole Bible completely. And so it's not even considered a college, like your college level reading. It's not considered that. And so if you consider that, 
There is children, there is young people that have read the whole series of Harry Potter, the whole series of Lord of the Rings. There's the, all these series, and those are much more elevated books. And if you consider that, it gives me this, um, this jealousy for that, the jealousy for the word of God, that we have to stay consistent. And so what we did was we, there's an app, and we decided, hey, we invited all our, all our young people, everyone that wanted to be part of it. Hey, we're going to start in January. If anything, do it for the badge that the app is going to give you. I know everybody's always about their Apple Watch badges that they're going to get. Oh, I met my goals. I walked this much. I didn't. I never do. But, you know, it just, it just, it's just that badge that they get. They're so consistent because they're going to get that badge. And so we had a group of about like 36 young people and friends and family members that were like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to read from January to, to, from January to December cover to cover. We're going to read it with you guys. And they got on. And unfortunately right now, I think there's just three of us left. There's just three of us left, but you know, that is consistency. You keep it together. You get a group of friends that say, Hey, I'm struggling with that too. You know, CMI brother is a great way of connecting at, at the church, but you get at the schools, but you get a group of friends that are going to get, Hey, we're going to search for the word of God. We're going to search through the word of God. Yeah, and yeah. so intimacy with God starts to reveal a lot of things to you because it starts to be a mirror. And so you start to look, you start to see what is good. What is good to God is going to be good to you. And what is evil in his eyes, you're going to start to reject. Yeah, and so yeah. that's really important. That's where our flesh doesn't want. That's what brother was teaching last night. Hey, who are you sitting at a dinner table with? Are they being consistent as well? Because those are the people that are going to help you draw closer yeah. to God or not draw closer to God. You know, and it's, it's important to remember who you sit with and have, make sure that you have a group of friends that are going to be consistent. Prepare yes. yourself. Yes. Where do I start? And I've gotten that question. Where do I start, Sister Debbie? Start in the New Testament. Start in the Gospels. If you don't know where else to start, start in the Gospels. Start in Luke. Start in John. Read them. And when you start to have all those questions in your heart, I remember starting at that place, starting it. I didn't know I'd open it up because, hey, as a Christian and especially a fourth generation apostolic Pentecostal, you should know, Debbie. You should know where to read. I, I walk in on my mom and she was reading and she was at the altar, but that was God to her. And I couldn't find God for myself. And that's important that you find God yes. for yourself. And when how are you going to find God for yourself is in the Bible. Yep. You want to know God's heart? It's in the Bible. You want to have revival, you have to draw closer to him. Because when we start to see those, those notions of revival, those little bits and pieces of revival, I, we, there's things that we're going to miss because we're not connected to God. I think it was Brother Tinoco that came over a few years back, and we were at a youth service, and it broke my heart that he said from the altar, we missed it. He said, we missed it. And you know why we missed it? Because there was a, there was a group of young people that were dancing. They were, they, were, they, were, they were worshiping God. They were there, but they were not connected. And they were not like-minded in one accord because not everybody was having that intimacy outside of the service. And so whenever that happens, God can't move in the ways that we want him to move. And so we have to find a spot. You have to find a spot. Find John find Luke. And when you start to question, when you start to, to see what, Hey, where does that, why does, why does John say this? Like it says in Isaiah, why is it you start going back to Isaiah and you start to read and you actually start to kind of die, kind of break down the old Testament and you find out why is it that the new Testament is important and they connect to each other. And it's important that you start reading because you got, you have, you have to know God in order to serve him. You have to know him. Our prayer life is our conversation with him. 
What are you going to conversate with God if you haven't read about him? And you start dating somebody, you want to start, you text them every single day. You want to know how was your morning? How was your lunch? Did you like your meal? You know, how are you feeling? What's going on? Your family, you, you talk to them every single day. And you even start to think like them. I know as a young person, my, they would say, esa es moreno. And I was like, yes, I am moreno. You know, that's my, that's my, es igual que el hermano moreno. And I would say, yes, you know, because there was a comparison to my father. And so there is no comparison to your father if you don't reflect your father. That's right. And so your father is yeah. Christ and you should be able to know him deeper. And the only way we're going to know him deeper is if we go deeper into the word. Yes. And I'm a huge advocate about opening your Bible. Yes. You know, we go, we go Google for everything, anxiety. We Google about everything. We Google questions, answers about everything. But start searching the scriptures about anxiety. Start searching the, the scriptures about fear. Start searching the scriptures about anxiety and I mean, about consistency. And you will see Jesus himself was consistent. He found a place, a quiet place to pray before anything came. And so that's been my, that has been something that has pushed me. Don't let your intimacy be killed with Christ because you're inconsistent. Be consistent in your prayer lives. Be consistent in your Bible reading, and you will see the love of, you will see God's, God's grace and mercy start to transform you. That's good. Amen. 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 Muchas gracias, hermana Debbie. Dio muchos, mucha sabiduría y conocimiento en esa respuesta, que no hay, si no tenemos consistencia, no tenemos intimidad con Dios. So, si queremos servir en nuestra iglesia, si queremos venir a estas conferencias a tener ese impacto, a sentir la presencia de Dios, es importante cómo pasamos nuestro tiempo afuera. Porque colectivamente nosotros atraemos la presencia de Dios a este lugar. So, es importante saber que estamos siendo consistentes afuera de la iglesia, pero también con quién nos estamos juntando. Cómo son nuestros amigos, nuestras amigas, nuestras amistades, nuestros novios, novias. Ustedes ya están en esa edad. Cómo su vida está reflejada en esa consistencia con Dios. So, muchas gracias, hermana Debbie, por esa respuesta poderosa. Um, Pastor Jay, we're going to go with you. And shameless plug for That's the Truth podcast. Pastor Jay has a, a podcast called That's the Truth. Let's give him a hand. On my drives to work, on, on my um, everyday life, I just put it on and I learn something new every day. Aprendo algo nuevo con cada episodio que él pone. So, si no lo sigue, usted vaya a seguirlo. That's the truth on all platforms. That's my shameless plug. <laughs> but anyways, um, en su episodio más reciente con el evangelista Andrew Puente, usted habló acerca de un tema que creo que no se habla mucho, acerca de las curos curiosidades espirituales, spiritual curiosities. So y'all talked about how, um, one example you gave, un ejemplo que usted dio fue cuando Moisés vio el, um, when Moses saw the burning bush up on the mountain. Back in the day, that was something that was actually not very common. I learned that on that episode. It was, uh, or something that was very common back then. But the thing that attracted him to that was that he entertained that spiritual curiosity of why was it not consuming? ¿Por qué no se consumía? Y so, eso es algo que, 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 
toma mucho preparativo en nuestro corazón. So, ¿Puede hablarnos acerca, um, un poco más acerca de cómo preparar nuestro corazón para poder experimentar y entretener las curiosidades espirituales correctas? Porque la curiosidad puede tomarnos y llevarnos a muchos diferentes lugares. So, ¿Puede hablarnos acerca de eso un poco más? Yeah, absolutely. What a phenomenal question. That's a great question. But first, can we give a hand to all of the participants? And so far, what a <laughs> tremendous answers that they've given so far. Tremendous wisdom. And I hope you're taking notes. And I'm taking, I'm taking some mental notes here. And there's going to be some things that I'm going to circle back with them about later and ask them about that I'm going to write down. So uh, phenomenal questions. Uh, phenomenal coordinator. Can we give a hand to your coordinator, yeah. your last coordinator? Yeah. Awesome, awesome job. And I love, I, I love this group. I love um, uh, young, working with young people. And I remember early on, early on, um, we didn't know the difference between, or we didn't recognize the difference between young people and young adults. And it was just all together. And then to be able to have conversations like this specifically for this age group is phenomenal. So to your question, I, I love your question because uh, it is a heart posture. It is a heart posture. And um, if we look at If we look at the Bible from the very beginning in creation, we look at a partnership between God and man. It, it was always designed, God had designed it to be a partnership, and it always was supposed to be in companionship with God. He created and we governed. He created and we were supposed to steward. So there were things that man did not know. He did not have certain knowledge, so his dependency on God to reveal those things was important. So they had, we, we understand from the, from the text that there was companionship and partnership. And you see the progression of the Bible from there forward. There was always, when before the Holy Spirit was ever even presented, the Spirit of God would come over that person and allow them to do these uh, uh, supernatural uh, spiritual things with the power of God. So by understanding that, uh, we understand that that God has always wanted to reveal certain things to us. That was part of the original design. He wanted to reveal certain things. And if you simply look at Jeremiah 33.3, he said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. So I want to know these great and mighty things. So by understanding that, I see God on one side. Hey, I got some things I want to show you. But on the other hand, here we are a little too busy with certain things of our own life that we don't, we are not aware of those things, that great and mighty things that God wants to show. So between that partnership, God still honors it for one. We're the ones that fail on the other end. So therefore, those great and mighty things are still there that he wants to reveal to us. And we are sometimes not aware enough to ask certain questions that will open up those answers and open up the avenues through a pastor, through a minister, through a mentor, through, uh, through people around us that have the experience. Uh, and, and I'll break that down here in just a second to be able to better understand what are these great and mighty things that God is trying to reveal by simply beginning by asking a question. Asking critical questions will entertain the curiosities that God is sometimes nudging at us. Whenever God wants to speak to his people, he's not always going to come and say, hey, Genesis, uh, I want you to do this. Sometimes it, become, it becomes with a little nudge. And if that nudge is not followed, 
in the conversation that we had with uh, the evangelist, Brother Andrew Puentes, and he was the one that brought up the burning bush. And I learned that from him as well. It's like the, it was normal that the fact that these bushes would catch on fire because of lightning, but it was the curiosity of Moses to say, why is it not being consumed? Why is it not being consumed? That was the difference. So we could also delve a little further into that and, and, and look at Samuel. We look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. God nudges Samuel in such a way that he, he disrupts his sleep. He was tossing and turning and could not catch some, uh, some rest that night because something, something was nudging at him to where he could not sleep. He didn't understand that it was God. And if you look at the text... The Bible says that the word of God was rare and the revelation, the widespread revelation was not there. So therefore, it needed to be revealed. So whenever God nudges Samuel in such a way that he doesn't catch any sleep, so he, he wakes up and he understands that it's Eli calling him. He goes to Eli three different times and says, hey, did you call me? Hey, did you call me? Hey, here I am. What do you need? Did you call me? Something was nudging at him, but he didn't have the discernment to understand that it was a higher power, that it was his creator trying to reveal something to him. Therefore, Eli is the one that had the discernment to say, oh, I know what's going on here. God is trying to speak to your life. So next time that he speaks, you need to say, here I am. So Samuel understood that, and then therefore next time that God came in and nudged them one more time, he followed the instruction of his leader, and he said, here I am. And then God spoke and said something very, very, very profound. He said, I'm going to do something in Israel that both ears of the people, both ears of everyone who hears it is going to tingle. And then that is a topic for a whole nother day. But to entertain the curiosity is simply to start with the question. So in order to say, I don't have time to entertain the curiosities of God, or I don't have the time to entertain the things that God has to say, is basically saying, I'm too busy to hear what God has to say. In one, way, in one hand, we have God saying, I have great and mighty things I want to do in my church. I have great and mighty things I want to do amongst my holy people. There's great and mighty things I want to reveal to you. It's a revelation that can only come through God. So sometimes those curiosities come as nudges, and we just simply pass by, like passing by a red light. Oh, it wasn't red. I saw it green, so it's green. <laughs> we pass by, and we don't even stop to recognize Hey, God is trying to speak, and we come across situations like that where, hey, we missed it. We missed God trying to speak to me, and God is faithful. He gives you the opportunity to go back around and say, Lord God, what is it that you need from me? Here I am. Here I am. And sometimes uh, I love the fact that you said it, 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 it's a heart alignment because it is a heart alignment, and I'll tell you why. When we speak of aligning our heart with God, to be able to hear his voice, the first thing that comes to us is fasting, praying, uh, going to church, and doing all, the, all, all these things, which is great. And that is, that is phenomenal. And there are times where God wants to speak, where you didn't fast, you didn't pray, you didn't ask for what he had to say. You didn't ask for what was interesting and what was on God's heart in the time, and he will still speak. Yes. So you look at Elisha was out working and minding his business when Elijah comes over and puts his mantle over him. You look at, you look at also um, 
There was one other. Samuel, Samuel, we, we, we just talked about. We just talked about. But the, 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 these curiosities is, is through revelation that God wants to, wants to reveal to us. And to say that we don't have time, it's like saying you, you're having a conversation with your best friend. And there's something that happened in your day, and you want to say, hey, friend, hey, I, there's something I want to show you, something I want to tell you. you. You have to know. And your friend's like, well, you know what? I'm hungry. I want, let's go get some Chick-fil-A. Hey, you know what? But no, 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 wait, wait. You, you have to hear what I got to say. You have to. This is amazing. You have to hear what, what happened at work. You have to hear what happened at school. You have to. But no, you know what? Hey, forget Chick-fil-A. Let's go to Starbucks. You completely just, just zoom by what this person has to say. And, and to say I don't have time is basically saying I don't have time to what God has to say. Thank you so much, Pastor Jay, for that response. Muchas gracias por esa respuesta. Creo que habló acerca de muchos temas de cómo poder no nomás preparar nuestro corazón, pero también ser obreros de lo que estamos haciendo. Preparar y entretener es un, una condición de nuestro corazón en cómo nosotros servimos, en la manera en que nosotros vemos y en la manera en que nosotros permitimos ese discernimiento que venga de nuestros líderes, de nuestras personas que Dios ha puesto en nuestras vidas para poder contestar esas preguntas que a lo mejor ellos sí tienen más sabiduría que nosotros. A veces es difícil poder, poder um, entender eso, pero muchas gracias por esa respuesta. Thank you so much for your response. And uh, Professor Ron, we'll, we'll culminate our forum with you. Um, I think your profession gives you such a unique insight to young people. You have daily conversations with young adults um, from their everyday walk of life. You, you study this. You study development. You study structure and human society as your job. And so could you provide us with the pulse of society in general and share a few ways a Christian young adult can make an impact an impact in society or take a stand? So let me talk about the first part. First, obviously we see what's going on in society. It seems very tumultuous, but there's this uh, reprobate mind that's going through society right now in terms of delusion. Right? There's a lot of idolatry, racial idolatry, economic idolatry. Oh, I'm black, I'm white. Um, and this is permeating through society. You see this with the whole Black Lives Matter some years back. You see this now with the whole Israel Hamas, where you have like Ivy Leagues worshiping Hamas and things of this nature, right? That, that's a reprobate mind. They're lost, whatever. Israel, they're trying to get rid of Israel, that we hate Israel. And I'm not saying I love the government of Israel, I love the people of Israel. Obviously, those are two distinctions. Nevertheless, in terms of academia, period. What I'm starting to see there, and it's been going on for a while, generally speaking on a macro scale, you see the last, I don't know, since the 50s, particularly after World War II, like this, go from Christianity to now secularized society, right? Society, particularly here in America, we've moved away from Christianity, now we're into secularism, and that's what we see purveying in society. Um, and I'll just give you this just because, like Karl Marx, you got, these are like classical theorists in the field of sociology and other academ academics. Karl Marx, Max Weber, Sigmund Freud, they said when society becomes more modernized, the more secular it becomes, all right? And the less important religion will become. And that's what we're seeing now. Now, in academia, in terms of, I mean, a lot of what they said was great or whatever, uh, you know, where it starts at the home as well. And this is where you guys come in, we come in. See, 
you have institutions, uh, government, politics, education, uh, medical field, all these fields, who are, who's in these fields in terms of people? What is the ideology in these fields? So that's why I encourage students, even uh, people in church, and this is just me, everybody has a different perspective, everybody has a different life, that's totally fine. I encourage you to go get education. I encourage you to go get your degree so you can get in these institutions and you can change them within or whatnot. Not by being a Bible beater, but just be, like the young lady said, she was like, hey, I'll be at the store and people see me and then she can witness to them, whatever, like that she, they know that she's a teacher, but now, hey, she's in the store, now I can witness to you. Same thing with me. I work with prisoners. Uh, I teach at the prison or whatever, so I'm working with murderers, rapists, whatever, they're in my class, whatever. Uh, and there's times, we talk about things, abortion, transgenderism, all that other stuff. And I can witness from the standpoint, I look at both sides of the argument, but when I do look at biblical aspects or whatever, I can talk about Jesus Christ because my job is to look at both sides. Now, you're going to look at, you know, certain professors, they're going to be straight liberal. There was a study that was done some years back or whatever, uh, and it showed that in social sciences, psychology, sociology, perhaps even history, 80% of your professors or professors are liberal-minded. They're Marxists, meaning it's the opposite. Marxism is the opposite of Christianity. Karl Marx said that uh, religion is the opiate of the people, meaning that people are using religion to allow them to be enslaved by the, you know, the elites, if you will. Now, what I encourage you guys to do is don't be afraid to get in these positions in, in, in society and essentially, like, show your glory. Let your light shine. Again, you don't have to be a Bible thumper. Man, I'm a Bible. But people are going to ask you questions like, hey, what church you go to? Where are you from or whatever? And I'll say this and I'll stop. A woman at my job uh, recently her sister passed away of cancer, all right? And I go in there, and she's always playing church music and stuff, and it's great. And I went in there to give my condolences. I didn't know she was at work. This was, like, last week. And it was a, another woman in there, um, and she was giving her condolences and everything. And then I was like, hey, Miss um, So-and-so, I love you. I gave her a hug, and I was like, you know, God is with you. I don't know this lady in here. She works with me, the, the other lady in there. But I'm witnessing... This lady knows I'm a Christian now. Like, man, I'm talking about we plead the blood. This is what I'm talking about at work. You got to find opportunities where you can witness the people, right? Even though I'm in academia, that's not dangerous in the sense that, you know, you don't know who's, and you got to be very welcoming even though you disagree with things. But I'm in there, I'm saying, hey, you know, God is with you. You know, we plead the blood. You know, we love you. Uh, and I'm, you know, speaking word. I'm speaking a word on her or whatever. And this one lady was looking like, kind of like, man, I didn't know he was a Christian, right? So I'm kind of like me as a professor, like I'm kind of <laughs> one of the rare ones, if you will, in academia that are uh, have a biblical worldview, all right? But I don't impre impress that on my students. Like, hey, you got to believe, you got to look at both sides, but be careful. And I love what brother, uh, the gentleman said, I want to make sure I got his name. He said discernment. You got to have discernment because right now there's a lot of deception out there in the media, on, on Facebook, on social media, Instagram. You know, it's a lot of deception. So you got to have discernment, you know. Thank you so much. Let's give him a hand clap for that answer. And unfortunately, we're out of time, but I just want to thank each and every single one of you. Quiero darles las gracias a cada uno individualmente por su sabiduría, por lo que han compartido. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. I think tonight or this morning, we shared a lot of good insights, a lot of themes of being consistent, learning to be able to, to find discernment 
being able to, to love others everywhere we go, poder amar a las personas en cada lugar que nos encontremos, no importa si estamos en la escuela, no importa si estamos en el trabajo, el amor de Dios que demostramos a los demás es lo que habla por nosotros. A veces no tenemos que hacer nada, decir nada, pero la manera en que ellos nos ven tratar a la gente, responder a los demás, es que los permite ver a Dios en nosotros. So vamos a tener un tiempo... Um, de, de descanso por cinco minutos nomás mientras preparamos el, el, la plataforma una vez más para adorar a Dios pero por qué no se pone de pie y vamos a cerrar en, en oración aquí Gracias Señor Jesús por permitirnos estar aquí Señor Jesús we ask oh Lord Jesus that everything that was touched upon every nugget of gold my God that was shared today that you may put a special place in their hearts of each young adult that you find here my God we ask oh Lord that you prepare our hearts for this final closing service my God that you may be with brother Ron Smith as he brings the word my God we ask oh Lord that you may anoint every singer every musician my God that's here oh God and every person that finds themselves here may have an encounter with you my God let us not miss this opportunity to grow more intimate to grow our relationship with you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.